0: Do you ever feel like you're in the wrong place? In the lull of the, of the sports world between football ending and football starting, that's my favorite sport. Sometimes I'll try to watch other sports. I'll try to watch tennis. I'll try to watch golf when it's on TV on Sundays. And I've noticed that when you watch TV, they advertise for who they think their target market is. So if you've ever watched a golf tournament or a tennis tournament, you'll see a lot of ads for high-end watches and retirement communities in Florida and Buicks and Oldsmobiles. Oh, they don't make Oldsmobiles anymore and, and Cadillacs. And you realize you sit there for a minute and go... I don't want to buy a Rolex. Like, I can't afford one. I'm not even interested in one. The last watch I bought was a Timex from Target to go on a trip in 2018. Like, I must not be the target market. I would never buy a Buick. It's just not, it's just not for me. They're, they're not looking for people like me. Maybe I shouldn't be watching this show. Or if you ever notice during daytime TV, this is a good indicator. This is a little bonus tip for you. During daytime TV, you just see what comes on and you realize, like, I don't think I'm the target market. It's cooking shows and it's, uh, injury attorneys and it's things like that right and you go they guys like me or people like me or adults like me wherever you're at in life typically you're at work right now they're running ads to people who were laying on the couch and want to get out of jail or or whatever like they've been injured in a car accident and they need to they need to file a class action lawsuit for their mesothelioma or whatever right like that's what runs during the day and you start to feel like you're in the wrong place a few episodes ago I talked about uh, my love for the new, the newest uh, Spider-Man movie, Into the Spider-Verse, great movie, great soundtrack, and it's kid-friendly. So my kids are listening to the soundtrack, and they're looking at it on their phones and looking at the lyrics, and there's no curse words or anything. My kids are uh, 7, 10, and uh, 12, and they'll say, like, Dad, who's this Post Malone guy? What else has he sung? What kind of music does he make? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, don't look. Don't search. He's not for you. He's not making music for seven-year-old boys in Colorado. Like, that's not his target market. You're in the wrong place. Well, today on episode two of the marketing mini series, we're going to talk about exactly what this means in your marketing when you start to identify who you want to serve and how you want to serve them. Want to know what it really takes to build a thriving, profitable business from the ground up? Hey, I'm your host, Cody Birch, and this is the Cody Builds a Business podcast, your unfiltered front row seat to watching me build a seven-figure online business from scratch or die trying. Let's get started. So yesterday on episode one of the marketing mini series, we talked about why funnels? Like I've got a website, why do I need a funnel? And a funnel is your step-by-step hold your hand approach with your best salesperson on repeat over and over and over again, inviting people deeper and deeper into your funnel. So if you need to go back and listen to that, pause this episode, go back and listen to episode one. These are going to go in order for a reason. And this is episode two, where we're going to talk about your market and how to really get clear on that and how to devise and design products, services, and pieces of content that's exactly for your target market. This is part of a nine-part mini series to celebrate the, uh, the, the the launch or the kind of the new launch of my book, the One Hour Funnel Book. So to get your copy of the book, go to onehourfunnelbook.com and you can read along and you can follow along. You don't have to buy the physical book; you can uh, get a PDF version or buy it on Amazon or whatever you want to do. Get the Kindle version; they're all available at onehourfunnelbook.com, and you can uh, read along. So let's talk about let's talk about the role of marketing. Now, the role of marketing in your business is really super simple. Imagine it where you're taking somebody from a sad wanting before state to a happy, satisfied, content after state. And the bigger the transformation that we can provide, the bigger we can charge and get more results. And and then typically it's worth more to people, so it's more valuable, so we can charge more. That's a future episode. But the role of marketing is to take people from that sad before state to that happy after state. One of the best examples I heard about this was Ryan Dice. He was talking about this. He's from Digital Marketer. He's the co-founder CEO. And he was talking about if you had a business that mowed lawns, You would want to take a guy like me who doesn't want to mow my lawn all day on a Saturday. You would take a guy like me and you would say, hey, instead of putting on your shoes that are covered in grass and gassing up the lawnmower, which stinks and wearing your sweaty clothes and getting out and giving up half of your Saturday, just let me do it for you. I'll charge you $25 and you can get your Saturday back. And I'd be like, oh, that's an interesting proposition. And so now what has happened in this state, I've gone from this before state of being gross, sweaty, out of time, uh, covered in grass, covered in gasoline or whatever, and like lugging bags of lawn clippings to the curb, now I'm sitting on my couch, having an iced tea, watching college football because I'm thinking about football right now. So like that's, that's a better proposition. That's the before and after. Before I encountered this person's lawn mowing business, my life looked a certain way. Then I encountered them. And now afterwards, my life looks better. Does that make sense? I've had that transformation from this sad before state to this happy after state. And so when I think about this, in business, I think about a dinner party. Now, my wife and I moved to Colorado Springs in 2004. We didn't have any kids yet. We didn't really know anybody. We had a couple of friends, and then they invited us to church, and we met a couple of people through there. But one of the quickest ways that we grew our network of relationships was through having and hosting dinner parties. We, it would either be one or two couples, or maybe just one couple, or we had some single friends that weren't in a relationship. We would invite them over, or we would go to somebody else's house. And then, you know the kind I'm talking about, right? Where you host, you bring somebody over and like my wife's an amazing cook and we she makes amazing meals for us privately at our house. But when guests come over, she cranks it up to 11 and makes a really, really, really amazing meal. And we bring out the really nice silverware that she's like, hey honey, can you uh get the, not we don't have China, but it's like the nice silverware and the nice, they're up in the back, I can't quite reach them. I think I'm 6'3", if we've never met in person, which is common among podcasts, right? So I'm a tall guy and one of my, worth, uh, items of worth uh, in our relationship is that I'm tall and can reach stuff off the top counter in the way back. So you get down the nice dishes and the nice silverware and the nice glasses and you make sure there's no residue on the glasses and you welcome your, you know, I'm skipping ahead. You hear a knock at the door and then you go and you do what? Do you open the door and you say hi and they say hi and then you say bye and you close the door. Right? That's not what we do. That'd be like somebody coming to our website and we don't even invite them in. We don't even show them how we can help them or what it's like inside. We just shut the door back in their face. We don't want to do that. We want to cultivate a relationship. So in the back in the real world, we would invite them in. We would take their coat. We would get them a glass of water, get them a drink, or a nice glass of wine or a green juice or whatever it is that you drink, and we would make them feel really welcome. We would probably give them the best seat in the house and the most comfortable chair, maybe bring them some appetizers and really make them feel welcome. At least if you're doing dinner parties and any kind of great way, then that that might be what you'd be doing, right? Maybe it's been a while. Maybe I'm not super naturally hospitable. My mom is, my wife is so grateful for them. Uh, I'm just not naturally there, but you get the idea, right? You want them to feel welcome and they make you feel like they planned ahead for me and they made me feel really welcome here. And that's exactly what we want to do in our marketing. We want to create stuff where people can say, they thought about me. They have been reading my diary. They understand what I'm going through in my life and they made a thing for me. Another thing could be a podcast, it could be a blog post, it could be a download or a cheat sheet or a PDF, or it could be a course or a training or a webinar or a conference call or whatever. That's the piece of content we want people to think that they, that they feel really loved and welcomed. So here's how we get this wrong in our business. Number one, uh, we don't prepare. I was at a, uh, there's a great coffee shop here by my house and it's really nice. And I went in there once and it wasn't super crowded, but it wasn't empty. And I walked up to the counter and there was nobody there. So I craned my neck over the pastry counter and I saw there was one employee and she was sitting back on like a milk crate in the back behind. I couldn't see her. I had to crane my neck over and she was watching YouTube. Oops. Right. I mean, in that moment, she was like, oh, shoot. Like, I don't know what was happening on her phone that was so interesting in that moment, but I was gone. I had gone unserved and I felt like they didn't prepare for me. I didn't feel like they knew I was coming and they wanted to help me. And about a year ago, I went to a funnel hacking conference, or I think it's funnel hacking live, right? The ClickFunnels live event. It was a huge event, thousands and thousands of people. And I went in, and I che- I got checked in instantly. I mean, I didn't even have to wait, and that's crazy. Out of th- out of thousands of people, I got a swag bag, I got a T-shirt that was in my size, I got high five from a bunch of people, and I got shown right into the conference room. It was so smooth, and in that moment, I felt that they really prepared. Like, logistically, having done a lot of live events and my wife being an event planner, I understand the logistics that went into having the experience that they created, like making me feel really welcome. Number two, the way that we miss this is we don't listen. I remember once I was um, I was at a previous, previous, previous job, one of my first jobs here when I got into Colorado, and I, I had a, a good quarter. I hit some kind of goal or some kind of sales target and knew that there was a prize attached. And my boss at the time, he got me this prize and he got me a, um, it was a unlimited car washes. Now now I'm like old enough to think like, well, that's really cool because I do want a clean car. But back then I just moved here. I was 22, 23, 24 years old, didn't have a cool car, didn't really care if it was clean or not, would much rather have had money or cash or a night out or a date night. Like those are more important in that time. And I just felt like out of the kindness of his heart as now I sound like I'm just a complaining jerk, you know, 15 years later, it was a kind gift and I was appreciative, but I thought they didn't, he didn't really understand my needs in that moment. It wasn't really listening to what would be really important to me. So here's how we do this in our business. Uh, Go into Facebook groups and don't spam them, but go into Facebook groups and join the conversation or just listen. Or you can use a simple simple script. Like for me, I could go into a group and say, hey, whenever it comes to funnels, what are your biggest questions? Or where do you get really frustrated? Where do you get really stuck? Like I would ask one of those two or three questions, right? So when it comes to area of expertise, what are your biggest questions around you know, common misconception, right? And you can start to have those conversations. And through that, you'll be able to uh, listen in those groups. I was in a Facebook group and tried this thing. I was actually just listening. I didn't even initiate the conversation. I just noticed a lot of people were having a lot of chatter around webinar funnels. And I went in the group and I was like, Hey, here's a funnel that I made for everybody in this group. And you can just have it. Like if you use click funnels, just click this link and it's yours. And the collective jaws of all the people in the group just dropped. Now, to me, it took me, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes to make a really great looking webinar funnel that I had seen a lot of my clients use that I had used and to go in the group and say, Hey, just saw this come up over and over again. Just curious if this would help. And I made this for you guys and y'all can all have it. And everybody was really, uh, really excited that way. So the third way that we get this wrong is that we don't serve other people. And when you have a really service-based mindset and it's not like a money mindset, how can I extract every dime out of these people that I've been put on this planet to serve? If it's truly around service and around getting people a great result, then life becomes a lot easier. And so just like that dinner example, we want to serve other people. We want them to feel welcome in our midst. We want to prepare for them. We want to give them something and we know something. I don't know what it is for you, but for me, I get funnels and I get marketing. I just understand it. It's like I just see it as like the matrix. I can just see what's going on, and I just understand it. And for other people, it seems really hard. And you have that thing, too. I don't know what it is. I was talking to my wife about event planning and said, "Hey, when it comes to events, like how to how should a site visit go? If you were to like look at a site for a, a potential venue, she was like, "Oh, everybody knows that. It's this and this and this and that." I was like, "Hey, babe, time out." Nobody knows that. Literally nobody knows what you just said. You've just done this a bunch and it's so easy to, and I'm trying to just bug her to make a course. So if you see my wife or your friends with her on Facebook, tell her that Cody said on his podcast, episode two of nine of this marketing mini series, she needs to make a course. That's how you are as well. That's why you got into business or you're thinking about getting into business is because something has become really easy for you and you want to help other people. All right. The second part of this marketing mini-sode, I'm going to Take a quick break, grab a drink of water, and I'm going to give you a framework for how to really know your market and make it really, really simple. I love frameworks and I love alliteration. So I have an alliterative framework for you on how to really know your market. And it's called the five F's. You have a product or service or an idea or a business or something that you do out in the world, right? And here is how to understand exactly how to know your market and think about these things and ask yourself these questions when you're developing content and creating things to serve them. The first F is who is it for? Who is your product or service for? Is it for single moms? Is it for aspiring photographers in their 20s? Is it for military spouses that love to work out? Is it for empty nesters? Is it for people who love to bake? Is it for outdoor enthusiasts or people who own a motorcycle? Get as clear as you can on exactly who your product or service is for. Exactly who is it for? And just write that down. Spend a few minutes and just say this is who it's for. For me, my business, the things that I sell are for people that are either considering starting a business. I've got some products for them. And then alongside my course and my training is for people who have a business up and running. They're probably around that six figure mark and they've run out of referrals and run out of word of mouth marketing and they've hit a ceiling. And so I made a training called more than word of mouth and you can go to more to word of to check it out. Right. That's who that's for. And in that training, even then at the very end, I say like, Hey, I've got another thing for you. It could be a call. It could be a course. It could be whatever. Here's who that thing's for. And I tell them it's for you if these things are true, and I say, and it's not for you if these other things are true. So if the things that I said you want to be true are true, then take the next step. If they're not true, then like stop watching this video because it's not for you. Stop it, it's not for you. And we can do that in our ads and in our marketing. So I remember one uh, ad that I saw, and it was something like it was for busy moms, and so that was the opening line. Like as a busy mom, I understand, blah blah blah. Like as a busy mom, do you ever feel that this this thing is true? As a busy mom, have you noticed that? whatever whatever it was right and so just in those that opening qualification in the ad they could advertise to moms but there's no advertising filter on Facebook to say but I want to target busy moms well, by the way, I think busy mom seems like a little redundant because I don't know a mom who's just chilling, like who's just like life is on autopilot. But, anyways, that's the first F is exactly who's your product or service for. Second thing is how do they feel? Like, what's an average day like for your new customer? What emotions do they feel? Remember the example earlier in this episode about mowing the lawn? Like, how do they feel? Well, they feel annoyed. They feel sweaty. They feel tired. They feel perturbed. They feel whatever. And and also they might feel happy as well, right? Like they might feel joyous and they might feel ambitious and they might feel hopeful. Like those are fine things too, but tune into the emotions that they might feel. Are they zenned out? Are they overwhelmed? Do they have lots of downtime? Do they love to learn? How do they feel? And you can ask uh, these groups, like go back to those Facebook groups I talked about earlier, like join the conversation and just pay attention to how they feel. Pay attention to how they feel. When I say a Facebook group, I, I mean people that you seek to serve. And not in like, again, please don't go into Facebook groups and spam people. I mean, go in there and listen and actually provide content and actually care and actually serve other people. Don't go in there and just poach people and DM them. We, I hate those types of people. Uh, they're bad. So anyways, so number one, uh, who's a four number two, how do they feel? Number three, what do they find frustrating? Like now if, if you had something that in your feelings and they felt all great and hopeful and ambitious, what's frustrating to them though? I think about this in the coffee world, I'm going to use my Nespresso because I love my Nespresso machine. My wife got me for father's day, 2018 best gift ever. I love espresso like the drink, but what's frustrating is I have to drive all over town to find it, there's the best espresso shop in town is probably a 25-minute drive away, and their espresso is like $2.25 or $2.50, I don't know, double espresso is 3 bucks, whatever the price is. So it's not cheap, but it's not super-duper expensive, and then it's gone instantly, and then I have to drive 25 minutes back, right? It's literally a shot of espresso. So if I were writing the marketing campaign for an espresso machine, I would identify everything I just said as things that are frustrating. Same thing with like I was going to say like a Keurig I don't love the Keurig as much but it's the same thing like if you make a traditional cup of coffee like drip coffee you have to guess how much you need you have to maybe grind the beans you have to put it in the filter you have to throw away the nasty filter from yesterday you got to pour out the coffee from yesterday you got to wash the carafe cuz it's got the stale coffee on it and then you have to guess on the beans and load it up and it makes the coffee and the first cup is great but the second cup is not as good it's been sitting out a little bit then it sits on the warmer and an hour later and then you pour out the rest and that's really frustrating so introducing the Keurig, right? And we, it works this way. Cups are about 45 to 60 cents. It's ready instantly. And it always tastes the same every time. And there's no waste and, or like recycle the cups or whatever, right? Everything else that they find really frustrating just became really easy. Okay. So do that in your in your world. Like get really clear with what their frustrations are. That's how every great invention, every great business was founded around some kind of frustration. Imagine if you were selling, you know, if you invented Uber, like what do you find frustrating about getting around town? Or you could do a couple things. Number one, owning a car. Well, oil changes, maintenance, tire rotation, car payments, insurance, all that stuff. That's frustrating, right? There's a better way. It's like six bucks. We'll just take you to work. None of the other stuff you said that you needed. That's, you know, that's why Uber's way better. What about a taxi, right? Like What's a taxi experience like? Well, you sit in the back, you feel like you're in a cop car, there's a cage, the credit card machine never works, you can never hail one when you want to, and sometimes it's dirty and gross, and wouldn't you rather drive around? Like Uber started as a luxury service, like a black car service, and they went down market and had like, you know, now everything's in a Honda Civic or a Prius or whatever, and that's fine too, but you could hit on those frustrations if you were trying to pitch somebody on Uber, right? Okay, fourth F so far. So who's it for? How do they feel? What do they find frustrating? And then the fourth one is who do they follow? everybody's influenced by somebody. It could be a book or a movie or an author, a TV show, a guru, an event, a uh, Facebook page. Like there's a guru out there that somebody's following or some influencer some leader who's leading the pack. And so the cool thing about paying attention uh, to who your prospect follows is twofold. Number one, you can also follow that person. Let me explain. If, if you knew that your exact target market loved Tim Ferriss, cool, memorize all of his books. He writes long books. That's a bad example. But his jargon, his phraseology, I don't know if that's a word, Understand what he does and says and thinks and feels and believes, and just know that so you can start to speak their common language, right? Uh, if you ever walked into a group conversation and someone's talking about like episode 136 of se- season 11 of a show you've never even heard of and have no intention of watching, and that that's just kind of <laughs> how it feels, uh, and we don't want to do that. We want to know what's going on in that world and in that market, right? Second, whenever we want to advertise our product, there's a baked-in market segment that we can advertise to. So if your entire target market listens to like, I'll just stick with Tim Ferriss, like the Tim Ferriss podcast or reads a particular blog or goes to some event, then you can advertise or you can sponsor or you can co-host or you can give a breakdown or a debrief. Like the last Tim Ferriss book that I got is maybe Tribe of Mentors. It's about, you know, 2000 pages long. If you knew that your target audience loved Tim Ferriss and you could sell some services to them, like maybe it'd be cool to make a piece of content that's like your top 10 takeaways from this 2000 page book. Does that make sense? You start to speak the language and you can uh, give that stuff away. Another example, if you have like a health and beauty product, it seems like one of the top people in the market of health and beauty is Dr. Josh Axe. It's like a natural, not health and beauty, but like health and wellness, I guess, and all natural living and things like that. So if you have a health and wellness product, it makes sense to target uh, Josh Axe. I've got a, a friend of mine, a new client that's come on and they've got a product that would serve people like that audience. I'm like, this is really easy. There's a guy named Josh Axe. He's got everybody. And there's like, you know, a couple of other leaders in that space. We're going to run ads against those types of thought leaders because they have a similar belief system to the people that this new client seeks to serve. Does that make sense? So find out who they follow. Take a few minutes. Jot down who your person follows. And the last one, this is one that I haven't heard anybody else talk about, but what's their finish line? Like, would you watch a football game if you didn't know what the rules were and you didn't know when the game was over? If they just played for a while and then at some point it was done and there was no way to know who won? Like Would you even watch that game? No, because you don't know what the finish line is like. If I just say, do you want to go on a race? I don't know about you, but I'd be like, maybe. (laughs) How long? How far? How fast? What's the terrain? Do you mean right now? Do you mean in a week? Do you mean in a month? Is it a marathon in Disney World? Is it a sprint up a mountainside? Like, What do you mean? I want to know what the finish line is. What are we talking about here? And so I want you to get really clear on what your client, what would they consider a success? What would they consider a finish line? For my kids, one of the maxims that we have in our house, when I say to pick up their room, like pick up your room is kind of subjective. And so we use a new phrase in our house and I call it vacuum ready. Hey guys, the standard for the living room is vacuum ready, which means get all the junk off the floor, move the dog bed out of the way, move the tables out of the way and make it vacuum ready. And that works way better. So you can use that bonus parenting tip on this episode as well. You can use that uh, to to talk to your kids guys, pick up your room and make it vacuum ready. And they know exactly what that means now. That's the finish line. Can I vacuum in here or can they vacuum in here? That's the finish line. And we get really, really clear on that. So if you're selling a um, if you're selling a recipe on how to bake a cake, then the finish line is when they take a big old moist, sumptuous bite of that cake. If I'm selling you a lead generating funnel, the finish line is when you have a traffic ready online asset that's collecting leads on autopilot. Like that's the finish line. Look at all the leads you're getting. It's launched, it's published. If I'm selling you a coaching program, to help you meet the love of your life. The finish line is getting you on a date or getting married or getting engaged or whatever, right? Like that's the point. So that is my challenge for you today is to get really clear on those five F's. Who's your product for? How do they feel? What do they find frustrating? Who do they follow? And then what's their finish line? So take a few minutes and think through that. Marinate on that. Meditate on that. Uh, And then we'll come back tomorrow with uh, episode three, of nine and episode three's content tomorrow is around how do we monetize all this stuff so yesterday was why funnels why does this matter today we talked a lot about your market i went a little bit longer than i thought but hopefully you're enjoying this marketing mini these marketing mini series and then tomorrow we'll talk about how do we make money off of this how do we create offers that they're going to want to buy and to engage with where we can serve them even deeper see you there Hey, thanks for checking out this episode two of the marketing mini series. I hope you are enjoying it as much as I'm enjoying putting it all together for you. And I want to give you really practical, actionable, implementable tips to use in your business. That's what this is all about is to help you get more leads and more sales in your business on autopilot as much as you want, whenever you're ready. That's the power of online marketing. It's the power of online advertising to say, I'm ready today to get some leads. And so you do what I'm teaching you and then you go get some leads. So I'm ready today to go get some sales and you do what I'm teaching you and you go get some more sales that day. That's the whole point, And that's the magic of, um, uh, of what I'm showing you here on this on this mini series so a couple things number one take a second and rate uh review the show and maybe probably more importantly go ahead and subscribe to the show it just takes a few seconds and that way while you're sleeping snuggled up in your bed a new episode at least for the next nine days is going to be pushed out to you uh, while you sleep and then right when you wake up if you're anything like me you put in your airpods or your headphones or whatever and you brush your teeth and you walk the dog and you have some coffee and you get caught up on uh, the podcast that come out overnight so Take a minute to subscribe. Everybody who I have in my life who has a podcast that's a lot bigger and a lot further down the road than I, than mine, they always remind me, Like, tell people to subscribe. They need to be reminded. So uh, please take a second to do that if you wouldn't mind. That would really help out the show and help more people find it. Uh, as I think I may have mentioned sort of recently, the month of January 2019 was the biggest month by far of the podcast. There's tons and tons of new listeners. It's super inspiring. It makes me even want to put out better content and more content just like this marketing mini series here. So that's it for today. Thanks again for checking out the episode and I'll see you tomorrow for day three of the marketing mini series.